0: A key invitation within relationship with god that he invites our full selves all of the mess all of the best like <laughs> and invites us to integration
1: Welcome to Pursuing Life, a podcast of the Tempe Church and Oasis Campus Ministry in the beautiful desert of Tempe, Arizona. This podcast is for everyone who is curious about or seeking an intimate and transformative relationship with God. We invite you to take every conversation and tool as an invitation to find encouragement and partnership. As we pursue life with God together. So, welcome back, everyone. Today, we are continuing our conversation on who is God. We are asking this fundamental question Who is God? What is God like? What is the character of God? And today I'm very excited because we have Catherine Blaha with us today. Uh, Catherine serves as an apprentice with Oasis and the Tempe Church of Christ, and she focuses on sustainability, eco-theology, anything in those fields, which are varied and diverse, (laughs) as she will tell you herself. And so we are really privileged to have Catherine here today, who's going to be having a conversation with us about Who is God? God is. God is kindness.
0: (laughs) Hello, Claire. Thanks for having me, everybody. Thanks for having me, everybody. Um, I'm excited to be here today and excited to get to continue this conversation that has been happening throughout this entire semester Mm -hmm. on this very important question of who is God and what is God like? Mm -hmm. I love wondering that question together, Of just like. What is God like? what What ideas, what concepts, what familiar parts of Him can we actually talk about together and have a broader understanding and more intimate understanding of who He is? So I'm glad to jump into this with the idea of God as kindness.
1: Great. I, I, I want to ask you actually before we kind of jump into that, um, why why do you think it's significant to explore this question?
0: Ooh, yes. I think it's significant to explore this question because we have a lot of people telling us what God is like. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, cross denominational, cross religion, cross cultural, or there's this ever exploring, uh, other, ever explorative question of what, who is God and what is he like? We're just, we're joining a question that is historical. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important to look together at the Bible and to really to really contemplate this question together mm-hmm. because it's fundamental. Who God is tells us who we are. What he is like tells us what we are like and what sort of relationship he wants to have with us mm-hmm. because who I think of God totally determines how I then will relate to him and how I will relate to others. And it's interesting though because I like the curiosity behind this question, because to me, the idea of what God is like is ever expanding. And so I think this kind of gets into this idea of like the boundless mystery of God that I can be like, you know, God is like a seed, you know, that was planted in a field and like, you know, like the kingdom of God. And, and but someone else might be like, well, to me, like God is like this and bring a whole other perspective that is beautiful, and is just simply not a perspective I had, and so, and I think this really characterizes what God is like because He is infinite,
1: mm.
0: yeah, infinite and intimate. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a so be- it's I a beautiful thing. Those holding those two pieces, infinite and intimate. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I think because God is relational, um, that ultimately becomes the best reason why to explore this question together. So that I know, you know, other people know for themselves what God is like. How has he met them Mm. in their lives, in their desert, in their oasis? How has he met them? And to be able to share together and be able to look over the history of God's interactions with his people. And say like, ah, God is like. Mm. And today, God is like. And there be such a steadfast truth. And rhythms that run through what he, you know, what we've known
1: him to be like and what we know him to be like today. Yeah. Yeah. Every story is a part of this grand narrative. Yeah. We kind of, we're kind of enfolded into that history, like you said, of how God interacts with human beings. Yeah.
0: And it seems that there are just certain universal truths about God Mm -hmm. that are so, that we might like interact with in different ways. But that are reoccurring. Like, we've yeah. already talked about God as parents. We've talked about God as faithfulness, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things we can look and see God is like this mm-hmm. again and again, again and again. again.
1: But, but I love that you point out, like, we all have different ways of engaging with that. Yeah. And, and all the more reason why it's important that we come together as the body, as a community, and we, We share that because then we have this God who is expansive. God is expansive in every characteristic. So then we have this even more full picture of what does it mean for God to be kind? Yeah. Like, well, I may have, yeah, like you said, I may have one image of that, but you add another image to that and someone else adds another layer to that concept. And then we discover that. God's kindness or God's faithfulness or whatever attribute you want to say is actually more expansive than we once thought yeah it's actually all-encompassing of many different experiences and images and layers and and it's something that all of us can engage with
0: yeah I love that I love that the the multiple layers that just adds to or maybe reveals more mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the character of God in this specific area and maybe even just how they're interconnected. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you can't talk about God's faithfulness without talking about his parentness. Like yep. they are also interconnected because he is a truly uh, interconnected God. I think, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> God yeah. is like
0: all of these
1: things mm-hmm. working together perfectly. The, the most the perfect ballots And yeah. it, it kind of makes me think about us as humans. And we really like to compartmentalize ourselves into mm-hmm. different characteristics or, yeah. or different hobbies or different, you know, different yeah. ways that we are in the world without necessarily thinking of ourselves as one being. Yeah. And I think that's really, a kind of a beautiful thing that we can maybe learn from God is God is this beautiful balance and, and God is completely integrated. Yes. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas like for us, it's, it's, it's a, we like to compartmentalize. I think sometimes because we can say, Oh, well, this is a part of me I don't like and that, Mm -hmm. but that's over there. And here I can kind of counteract it with like, but I'm a good person (laughs) yeah, and I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I think what God's inviting us into is to have all of the pieces of us fully come into life with God. Yeah. And to where we're transformed completely and we live to where all of us is reflecting the image of God, not just one nice part of us that we like to show off at Thanksgiving (laughs) to our friends and family. (laughs) Right. But that is like a key point, like
0: a key invitation within relationship with God that he invites our full selves, all of the mess, all of the best, like, <laughs> and invites us to integration. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's jump in to who God is yeah. one part of God that is actually, uh, integrated fully into the rest of who God is as well. Um, but God is loving kindness. God is kindness. Can you share with us a little bit about where we find kind of this, the origin of this or where this comes from?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I was really curious about this because to me, um, I I've always been considered a kind person. And so, but I know myself <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I am not always kind. And I know that often I think I am being kind, but I'm often not doing it with the best interest of the person I'm being kind to. Maybe it's because I want to be perceived as kind or caring. Mm-hmm. And so I, and, and so there's a sort of like one dimensionalness to this word that I had. Um, and I think like in general, just in English in, a, in our culture. Kind is kind of this word that's very familiar. It's casual. Uh, we, you know, we say we want to be kind. We say she or he is kind when they do something nice. Like it, it might be a synonymous for, for being nice, right? And, or for sweets. And so there's kind of this casualness to the word. And I've felt that there is a difference about the word kind, because I know when I use it to describe other people, like there's something in me that kind of like rises, like it is a significant word. Mm. Um, but, the, but I was curious about it because like there's ew, um, my idea of it. My cultural idea of it was very different than how I felt about it. And so it's a little mixed up. Uh, so, uh, and looking into this idea of kind, um, I found out that the word, that we say is kind and uh, the Hebrew language, and I'm going to say this word incorrectly because I do each time, but as the word has said, and it is actually an extremely complex uh, concept um, that we don't know how to translate into English. Mm. So we translate this word into kind or loving kindness or faithful or compassionate or loyal. Um, sometimes it's translated into merciful or And so, but we, and so we didn't, we don't have an, we don't have an English word to conceptualize it. Um, but it means all of those things. It is the type of loving kindness that is so compassionate that it goes beyond itself and what it might gain from the relationship to be loyal, to be steadfast, to be reliable, to be merciful towards another individual. Like it is, uh, it's a living kindness that comes from a behavior and a mindset that is so self-giving that I cannot help but but show compassion to the other mm. to the recipient. No matter what the recipient can return, But it's not dependent on the recipient, but it's dependent on the giver
1: themselves. Mm. Can you imagine that? Like I, yeah. I mean, can you just imagine having that posture of it is my compulsion? Yeah. To be kind and compassionate oh, to shit. extend mercy. Yeah. I I I don't <laughs> know if there's many of us that can say that that is our gut, like that is our core uh, below like cognitive response. Yeah. Like that is our subconscious response to others or the way it be or the you know others in the world i don't know if, if many of us can say that 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 is in our nature to choose first
0: right yeah because it's like instinctual in mm-hmm. a way and it comes from a way of being a lifestyle that already is that like it's not just a behavior or a way or like a choice but like the choice is already made because <laughs> it's already internalized mm-hmm. it's already who you are and so that is actually and so has said is used over 200 times in the old testament to often describe god and so one of the first times it's used is in exodus 34 and it's actually god describing himself um so he says so in Exodus chapter thirty four sixty seven, God is talking to Moses, and he says, "The Lord, the Lord, speaking about Himself, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love or hesed, and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love hesed for the thousands of generation." So God is like declaring Himself. He is mm-hmm. saying, "Hello, my name is hesed," and like and it is an unrelenting and it is not based on the recipient of Israel. Like, so he he introduces himself as has said, like he says, this is who I am. And what I think, uh, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, talking about like, um, what we say God is like, or even just like our context of what we say God is like has said is extremely contextual. Um, and it has great significance within Jewish tradition. A lot of scholars see it to be the primary ethic mm-hmm. of God himself. That this is like <laughs> the state of God's being, as has said. And which I find fascinating. I don't really know how to even what to even do with that idea. Uh, yeah. Part of me feel like it limits God. So maybe that's why it, it feels funky. Um, but has said itself is unlimited. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh what i find super cool about this being such a contextual word and such a significant word within jewish tradition and in hebrew language is that the writers knew what they were doing when they used it hmm. they knew what they were doing when they said that like the lord says of himself he is has said and later on when it's used repeatedly to describe uh, God's relationship with Israel, the covenant he creates with Israel, um, different relationships between people within the Bible, like Jonathan and David, Ruth and Naomi, like they knew what they were doing. They knew the significance this word would carry and the significance the reader would read it with, that when they read and heard this word has said that this is a type of un, uh, unimaginable love. It's unordinary like, this is not human limited. This is a divine love. And so that blows me away to imagine, like, just like, this would be a word that would stop you and be like, mm. oh, it's said Like, this is this is different. The game has changed.
1: Like, yeah. As though we had another word for love. Yeah. Like, as though we had it, because we, we very much, I think, flippantly in English language, we flippantly use love. Yeah. I love this pizza I just ate. Right. <laughs> you know, and then I'll say, Oh, I love you. And it, it's very flippant. It's it's difficult to discern to what degree someone is trying to convey. Yeah. That sense of care and connection and intimacy. So I think it's just really interesting it would be like if we had a completely different word that we very much reserved for, like you said, that unordinary kind of love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like this strange kind of love. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And I've heard now since then, I've heard that it's often used to describe like marriage covenants because it's, it's, it's almost like a requirement or maybe it should be, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it requirements the wrong word because that sounds more behavioral than like, or maybe an expectation
1: yeah. that when you join someone in, in union, in a union, a, yeah. a real intimate union, that it would be reflective of this kind of love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, cause kind of going back to Exodus 34, um, Moses responds in such a way that tells us that he understood this kind of love. God, he knew the significance of what God was describing the sacrificial, unordinary love because he like leans into this reality and he gives a request to God. He asks that he pardon them of their sin. And he says, because I know you, because I've found favor and your favor in your sight, because I know who you are, Lord, like, Yet yeah, have pardon on us and take, in, take us into your inheritance. Like Moses knows that he is asking for something that he does not deserve, that Israel does not deserve. And yet, because God has also just described himself as a type of love, as the love, that it's, it's not reliant on what Moses or Israel does, that Moses can actually request this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, that gets into this idea of this unordinary love and also I think the relationship available to us with God. Mm. Yeah. This relationship that is so that I feel like that has begun before we even knew it was begun. Mm. Mm-hmm. And an invitation that was extended before we even knew to ask for it. And that I I hear that in the in God's you know, proclamation of himself, like, you know, before you knew it, I was his head and I already made way for your human limitations. <laughs> I already knew all of the mess you were going to do like, um, and I feel like that is such a cool invitation in there. Cause it sounds like God saying, ask, ask, I, I take care of this. Mm-hmm. Ask, Yeah. And I really like that Moses, like this kind of almost to me gives a, uh, uh, an example of, you know, like, Oh, like I can also ask God's already aware of my limitation limitations. And there is a freedom within that, within the compassion of God and un, um, unrelenting mercy of God that is found in his head. Mm Mm-hmm. That he already knows me and I can be entirely honest with who I am, where I am at, and also what I need. Yeah.
1: I think that's really significant for our relationship with God. It makes me pause and ask, what am I not willing to ask God yeah. for? Or, Or where do I think that there is a lack of possibility is maybe one, one way of thinking about it. Yeah. So where in my life do I believe that something is outside of God's care or kindness or that expression, that compulsion of mercy and love and... Where Where is it that I think that, oh, well, this is not possible for yeah. God to to be present in in the way God is? I, you know this is not just something God does. This is again, who God is. Yeah, God says this is who I am. And so, it, yeah, it just gives me a lot of pause about thinking about my relationship with God.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like for me, this was yeah, this was very challenging, and continues to be challenging because ah, this reality
1: of of
0: God in a way being I hesitate to say this, but like being okay with our limitation, or maybe just being oh, He already knows, mm-hmm. yeah, and He says like, "I know you're there, and I want you now." Mm-hmm. and but like yeah uh but in this relationship is this freedom to continually be more and more honest mm-hmm. yeah and that it's within that honesty that i feel like it makes way for god to actually be able to show us this is said and teach us what it looks like to live in this way mm-hmm. Like it's in that vulnerability yeah yeah or else we're just kind of running around like, <laughs> you know, like like you said earlier, like having like our little compartmentalized um, boxes and like, this is what I open up for God today. Like I think about like, you know, how I go to therapy sometimes and I'm like, this is what I want to open today. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Because mm-hmm. yeah. everything else would be too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's true. But with God, like he will not be overwhelmed by me. Mm -hmm. in fact yeah and he can and he is the best holder of me while overwhelmed Mm -hmm. like yeah he is not overwhelming and he's not overwhelmed by me Mm -hmm. and i think that is very clearly seen in this kind of kindness yeah
1: yeah i think it's good that we just kind of pause in that Because I think I think about sometimes I've been in different recovery circles, you know, Mm -hmm. as as far as like Celebrate Recovery is a program, like kind of a twelve step program, and and it's interesting to me, you know, to have these moments where you're encountering people who have re you know really been through some stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they. You know, they, there's this space that those places create for them where they are just so open. Mm. And I, I just, I'm always struck by how uncomfortable that makes me. Oh, yeah. You know, how, how uncomfortable it is to see someone who is very transparent with, their flaws or their insecurities or their, the things that they've done or, you know, it's, it's, it can be really uncomfortable. And I don't think that's a, I don't think that's reflective of necessarily like a, Oh, that's too much for me to handle hearing that from you. I think it's more reflective of there's something ingrained in us that kind of thinks of that as taboo Mm. or outside the social norm. And I think that we so often do approach God in the same way. I mean, think about just our lives on social media. Like we are very conditioned to bring our best selves. And even when things are difficult, we still somehow end up bringing our best selves, (laughs) you know, of like, hey, this really terrible thing's happening, but I am like. I am I I'm am so secure. <laughs> I'm so strong. Everyone is amazing. You know, it's like yeah. we still always bring our best somehow. Yeah. And we, mm. and, you know, it reminds me of how we grow very uncomfortable with lament in general. Yeah. Like even, you know, even lament in terms of being able to mm. sit with and in those moments of sorrow and grief and just despair. Yeah. And we don't we don't know very well the practice of sitting in those places and and it it just r- makes me think of you know if if we as a society as people if even the people of god don't know how to do that very well how are we doing that even in our private life
0: yeah right
1: <laughs> and i think we some i think yeah. i sometimes trick myself and say oh yeah i am doing that in my private life because no one's around mm mm-hmm. mhm But yet the, the impact of the voices that we hear on a daily basis are still with us, even in our private life. You know, the voices that we give credence to are still with us. And so I, I, I wonder sometimes if I really don't bring myself to God or anyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel this very very deeply so all i can say is yeah yeah I <laughs> yeah this makes me think of um a friend of mine alan likes to say that prayer is a practice of honesty
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that has really altered the way that i pray and i And it's funny though, because I think it comes from a desire to want to be able to bring my full self to other people and to like live very honestly to live very um vocally comes to me it comes to mind for me because I think um often I have been told like to be quieter and so to live very vocally to live very vibrantly to um I tend to be enthusiastic, so like to you know bring my enthusiasm. But I also, you know, but also like this lament side. So there's uh, to be a complex person with other people and to allow them to also be complex and honest to be themselves and that them being themselves does not uh alter the way I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like maybe, you know, I, it might bring up pieces of me of like, you know, of care or sometimes, you know, maybe it's a trigger, but like. I'm not dependent on who they are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so anyways, going back to, but this idea, but it's funny though, because the, when I first heard the idea of like prayer being a practice of honesty, I was like, Oh, that's how I get to be with other people. Like almost like a pathway to being with other people Mm. versus a pathway to deeper intimacy with God. Yeah. Yes. Which I feel like that's lately what I've been really feeling strongly lately. And this idea One of the practices we do at Oasis is simple prayer, where it's literally just like talking to God as you would talk to a friend or write in your journal. And you're just telling them about your day, allowing the conversation to flow and allowing just like the emotions, the thoughts, the ideas, the interactions with other humans, like to just be, talk to him as your friend. And that has been really interesting for me to see it even as like a, a way of deepening intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been really cool. Um, but this, but I think you're spot on though with this thought about laments. And one of the points that we touched on when looking at Hesed was actually looking at how has said is demonstrated, uh, between Ruth and Naomi. Mm. And so if you don't know the story, Ruth is the daughter-in-law of naomi Naomi um and Ruth's husband dies as well as her sister-in-law's husband and naomi is a, is a Hebrew she's a Jew, and she decides that she wants to return to her people um Ruth is a Moabite, she is not from her pe- from Naomi's people, and uh Ruth is young she could return home, marry again, go back to her family and but instead she decides to go with Naomi. And in doing so, she's going as a foreigner into a different land. She is a widow. She uh, like There's a lot of things against Ruth going there. She's not going to be treated well. Um, this is just the truth. She's not going to be treated well. And Naomi actually, there's this moment because Naomi is totally distraught and she changes her name to Bitter
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she changes her name to Mara and when she goes home the ladies are like is that naomi and she goes do not call me naomi because my heart is broken mm-hmm. call me mara call me bitterness and i fe- and so has se- so jewish scholars tend to look at the book of ruth as the whole story demonstrating has said it's mentioned a few times i think it's mentioned 3 times within
1: the book of ruth
0: but it's like the the whole the concepts. This is a book of concepts that's just over it, and Hasad is over it, and um. So I, I mean, I think it's really interesting that here we see Ruth demonstrating Hasad to Naomi in the middle of her lament. Naomi is totally distraught, and Ruth remains this reliable, steadfast love, steadfast generosity mm-hmm. towards Naomi and it really strikes me that 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 she is demonstrating an aspect of God mm-hmm. that he sits with us in our lament mm-hmm. and maybe, and gives us freedom to to be sad
1: he lives he, with us he lives with in us in our lament
0: yeah 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 he's like oh we're going there okay like and he think he feels it with us mm-hmm. yeah yeah but at the same time, Ruth is not overwhelmed by Naomi's laments. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And there's that, and there's that other piece of it that, yeah, to be intimate with, to be, the show has said love does not mean you have to uh, become the other person. It's not codependency.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that to me has been a really freeing distinction of like, I can show this, or I can learn to show this, or even God shows this to me, but not in such a way that we become
1: codependent. Mm -hmm. And that's really really important, I think, especially when you're experiencing grief or when you're in these seasons of limit. Because, yes, we need people to, to be present with us. We need God to be present with us. But we also do need this sense of there is still more. You know, God is still more expansive than even this. And our experience as human beings is more expansive than even this. This is a part of a whole. And I think that we need, we need that understanding and experience when we're in those seasons too. And, and that's not to, to brush through them or to say that they don't matter because they do, but they, they also matter and have significance in relation to the whole of our experience in life with God.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think we feel that too. And people that we have fought with, been through difficult times with, there is a deeper set of intimacy with that person, with that group of people um then is often found just uh, an everyday relationship mm-hmm. and i think it's part of that being fully accepted yeah yeah like that you've been able to show your mess to this person and they still want to be near you yeah and that that's kind of but that that's a small semblance of the way god lives with us yeah. In our laments, in our limitations, in our destruction, in our best. Like, that he, yeah, he, he allows us to be ourselves while saying there's more to yeah.
1: think. It really is unordinary.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's unordinary. It's divine. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so good to listen. Think about who, what God is like, because what God is like expands our vision of what expand well expands our vision of you know what we are, how we are loved by Him, and also expands our vision for what we're invited into, also being like
1: yeah, what yeah. we're capable of in our yeah. own relationships with others. Yeah, I, I love that you bring. Ruth and Naomi into this conversation, because you're right. It really does show us that this is something that God is inviting us to demonstrate towards one another. Yeah. And it is possible to be formed in such a way to where we are more like this aspect of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that brings me a lot of hope. Of just this, that I that be, that knowing being friends with God opens up so much reality, and I think that's often not th- that there's a lie that we're taught to believe of, uh, um, that we're of uh, that we're limited to what we are humanly able to be the become like the best of. Like we compare ourselves, you know, to people that are also humans. And we say, like one day I want to be like them. And And that there's this there's this invitation to to a love that is beyond what can be only humanly expressed. And that that's actually possible. that that it is possible, to show divine love, the show has said, um, and that that's actually reality. Mm-hmm. That the kind of love that we love is here is what we are experiencing, but it is not the fullness of what it is meant to be, and how we're meant to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and I love, I love the the thought of like imagining has said, and I love the thought, of imagining a lot of things like this, and it probably just comes from like my love of like ecology and ecological theology and how God expresses Himself through His creation and and has the relationship with His creation. And but this idea of like, has said, being like a seed, and there is all the potential, the greatest reality, of this boundless kind of love. Uh, this boundless kind of compassion and loyalty all within this little seed and like a seed if you, you know, just a uh, basic idea with that is that a seed contains all the DNA necessary to create a plant, to be able to become something that can flourish, could feed a whole family, you know, could provide fruits, could provide whatever, you know, kind of seed it is. It has all the DNA compact and and I see that in this idea of his said that it is a seed of, of so much potential and possibility. And in this case, unlimited possibility. And I think that that is what God wants to plant in, to plant in us. And maybe already has, and my mind just can't conceptualize that. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that it's this, it's this, it continually gets better and better. And, and I like to think about that like this. I, th- I like to think about it like that because it is this continual becoming. And, but that's similar to the way a seed grows. It doesn't, but it, but it also means that, that the fullness of it is possible, is there, but it's continually growing into that fullness of potential. Mm-hmm. And, but that's, yeah. I think God already is all that, and invites us into that growing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I love that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Now I'm just I'm just thinking of all these different little things. So, uh, <laughs> but I was also thinking about how when this word has said is used between humans and God. It's often to, it's to express devotion or loyalty. And, yeah, de- devotion or loyalty. Um, and there's something really beautiful in that, in that idea
1: of, like, how,
0: of worship to God. Of, I'm going to turn myself towards you and devote all of that I am. Even if I have to do this 30 times a day, 100, hundred fifty, you know, 100 times mm-hmm. a day, but like to reorientate myself to the one who deserves everything. This is what I shall do. And this is how I shall express has said back. And it's reorienting, reorientating yourself towards life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I think that's a really cool invitation because it means you can do it at any
1: point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's good that you point out that it's something that we, we practice. Yeah. This is something that we learn how to see more of this in God. We learn how to appreciate more of this in God. We learn to turn, yeah, that turning to turn ourselves towards God. And I think that's with this conversation that we've had today. I think that that's really an invitation for those who are listening is to really take time, regular time to just consider God is like this. God is has said God is loving kindness. God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. God is this. Let's take some time to just sit with that. Yeah. To let that sink into us and see what comes out of it. What changes in us or what, what, the invitation is for us to respond to that but maybe we begin by just turning and looking again and yeah trying to experience that
0: yeah i think that's great but i think that's um yeah that's the difference between behavior change and soul transformation mm-hmm. because nothing that I said today <laughs> is transformative on its own mm-hmm. nothing that you shared, nothing that we've been sharing this you know entire semester or that could ever hope to say is, at, is as transformative as Jesus that it is that he can say and do all these things to their fullness for whoever is listening here And that, uh, that trying to be has said or trying to see God as has said will only get us so far, but I like what you said of just like, like spending some time with the God oriented, thinking, you know, oriented towards just experiencing and letting that soak over us of his loving kindness. I think it is, it's only by seeing it in him it's only being it by sitting in it with him that we do become carriers of his head
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah or that we can even live as one say we never expressed it to a single person I think it comes out of it but say we never expressed it to simply live as people who have been changed by mm-hmm. by god who have seen his said. yeah that that yeah, if we never spoke another word to another person, that that would transform us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Catherine, for this really wonderful conversation. And I'm excited to just continue this conversation and more. Um, I wanted to give an opportunity for you to share just what is a way that people can connect with you? What is something maybe that you have coming up that you would like to people to connect with you?
0: Good question. I don't know when this will be, uh, available. So, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you ever want to come by, uh, we have a community garden at Tempe Church of Christ and it's open to residents of ASU, to Tempe, to the church, if you're just passing through, um, we typically have work days on Fridays. on Fridays at 4 PM that might change. So you can also check us out on Instagram. Oh, what is our Instagram? Uh, community
1: garden. Yes. Underscore Tempe. That is is it. that what it is? Yeah. Yes. Community garden
0: underscore Tempe. And we mm-hmm. try to keep it updated, um, with what we have going on. And so, yeah, if you want to come out, To, you can also just come to the garden and hang out. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can come to one of our work days if you want to, you know, learn how to plant, learn how to, we're all learning, I'm learning. So, um, Uh, we kill a lot of things. A lot of things survive. We learn a lot.
1: <laughs> it's a process. Uh, it is a
0: process. Yes, um, but the idea of the community guard is, garden is to be a place of beauty, of exploration, of curiosity, um, a place where we can meet God through His creation, and we can we can hang out with each other, mm-hmm. and that that's simultaneous. That He is there with us. Uh, so yeah, you can come by, uh, you can contact me if you'd like to. Um, I, I'm the, I run the Instagram. So if you DM that, chances are I'll answer it.
1: (laughs) And we'll put a, we'll put the link to the Instagram in our show notes. Yeah.
0: That sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And also we do, uh, eco theology conversations. So if you're interested in kind of learning more about what is eco theology and why, uh, why do we find it important to discuss and why, how has God, um, I don't know, how has God, uh, been in this conversation mm-hmm. actually been the birther of this conversation, um, that in the way that he is kind of pulling myself and other people into deeper relationship with him through the looking at his creation, mm-hmm. um, we'll be having those again, starting in January. And yeah, so you're welcome to join us for those. Great. They're great discussions.
1: (laughs) Thank you to you who are listening. Thank you we're so appreciated that you've been here and that you've been a part of this conversation. And we, our prayer is that you just take what has been helpful um, that you will leave behind what has not been helpful yeah. and that this will just be a tool for you in your journey with God. Um, If you would like to support the work of this podcast and the work of our community at the Tempe Church of Christ and Oasis Campus Ministry, uh, you can donate at tempechurch.org. A link will be in our show notes to that as well. Um, Any amount helps us continue the work that God is asking us to do here in the beautiful urban desert of Tempe, Arizona. Have a wonderful week.